We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the DGD Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall is the ultimate shopping destination for Georgia Bulldogs fans like yourselves. I'm talking about a great shopping experience with everything you want and need to show off your Georgia pride. They have licensed Georgia apparel from brands like Nike, Cutter and Buck, Columbia, Peter Millar, Champion. And also they have a two for 38 t-shirt special. So go check that out. Make sure your family is game ready with apparel, accessories, and gifts. They're located 10 minutes from campus in Athens. Check them out in store or go to alumnihall.com. It's where Bulldog fans shop. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to to Hell with Ohio State, the DGD podcast. <laughs> As always, the the NCDGD himself, Robert Reynolds. Got Mr. Juan Daniels is back in the building. And got our man Brennan from the Mazadcast. As we talk about and gain insight about the enemy known as Missouri. Obviously, we're welcoming you with open arms, Brendan. So welcome to the show. Um, and with that being said, the show is brought to you by our friends over at Alumni Hall. Ten minutes from campus. Keep that in mind. 
or online, go check them out, alumnihall.com. Listen, you see this polo, got it straight from Alumni Hall. Excellent decision. Can't be beat. One, you've got some stuff from Alumni Hall, too. Listen, I'm just saying it's very, very good stuff. Listen, and it's all licensed. All right, Nike, Cutter Buck, you name it, Columbia, you name it, they got it. Alumnihall.com or in-store uh, at Athens at 10 minutes from campus. Give them a shout. Let them know the DGD podcast sent you, by the way. Uh, so with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into this. Juan, it's been a minute since you've been on, uh, and there was some there was something that had me scratching my head a little bit. Uh, we talked about it briefly, right? I, I did on one of the uh, past shows. But I want to get your thoughts on what Shannon Sharp said about Kirby Smart. Uh, to paraphrase, if you will, basically trashing Kirby for not giving a damn about the players, right? Basically just giving a damn about it for three to four years and, and then not giving a shit about it. I found it to be a bunch of bullshit, in my opinion. Uh, pardon my French. Um, you know, but listen, you played with Kirby, right? You understand what Kirby's about. You know, I know you may or may not have heard it, but like, do you believe that Kirby really doesn't care about his players after the fact that they're gone from Georgia? What What are your thoughts on that before we get started with Missouri? I, I mean, obviously you've got a guy in Shannon Sharp who doesn't really know the Georgia Kirby. I don't think he's actually even sat down and had a conversation with him. A lot of it may be hearsay player that didn't get what they wanted or felt like they were, they were cheated. But you have that, that they go and run and they want to tell somebody. But if you were to ask the majority of those players as a, as a person that actually played with him, he does care about that program. He cares about he's home at Georgia. He cares about them. You look at Will Muschamp. You look at Mike Georgia guys. They care about Georgia. Why would he then bring, you know, bring in us to come back and coach at Georgia if he didn't care about, about these players. He's also going to be look to, at some point in time, getting some of these guys back. You know, just imagine, how, you know, 10 years down the road of Jordan Davis, you know, was not playing in the NFL to actually come back and, and, and he has an open door policy. He's welcomed former players like me to come back to campus uh, and, 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 and watch practice and do different things. So, you know, you, you got a guy like like by his looks, you can say that came from the horse's mouth, but I mean, he's—I I don't give him any. There you go. I—I I, I had to ask this question. It's been irking me since the last time you were on, and obviously when it happened. So I had to hear what your thoughts were. I, I kind of felt like we're on the same page with that, but um, you know, listen, it, it's already happening, guys. It's already happening. So for those not familiar not, with the brigade, guys, it, he's just he's just smiling real big. So if you're not familiar, guys, smiling we have really the, the, the Make One Laugh Again campaign, uh, hashtag one bank love. Listen, the brigade has made it their their mantra to to make one laugh every episode. So for those listening on podcast, if, if you hear one chuckle or or anything like this, or if you're watching and you're not, you know, you don't have an idea what's going on. Now you know, okay? So I've already let Brendan know because things can get a little bit out of hand at times with the brigade themselves. Uh, but with that being said, Brendan, so 
Tell us about the Mazak cast first. All right, I know you cover Missouri uh, Missouri uh, football. You know, give us a little rundown on the Mazak cast, and, and just to let people know, uh, preface this before we start diving into uh, Missouri football. Well, thanks for having me on. First of all, um, the Mazak cast we've been going since 2014, if not the, I guess we're probably one of the longest running podcasts for Mizzou football. I think a lot, a lot of people in the SEC still out. I didn't know that Mizzou was in the SEC, or I didn't know that they had podcasts. The best thing they have to offer, I guess. But um, yeah, so we we cover primarily football. That's where we focus most of our time and our energy. And um, it's my brother Colin and another guy Caleb, who um, he's he was former, um, you know, national guest, and we get local guests sometimes, and we just kind of. You know, it's a, uh, it's, it's we've taken ourselves a lot, lot less seriously than some of the sort of the main, mainstream sort of folks who are like love football, but also you know, just want to be entertained. So apparently, you know, one of, uh, welcome to the brigade, Brendan. Um, listen, so you're very versed in Missouri football, right? Obviously, you're from what you just told us, it screams you have some experience. Um, but I, but I cannot go without having to put this up on the screen. Uh, for those listening, apparently our guest looks like a more <laughs> handsome Ed Orgeron. Go, go Tigers. Right, go, go, go Tigers. tigers. They call it the Bayou because it run by your house. Yeah, we clipping that, by the way. Uh, so check the socials for that. Um, but, yeah, no, so – and, and there you go. Juan legitimately chuckled this time. All right, but yeah. enough nonsense. Enough nonsense. Straight face, boys and girls. Um, so enough nonsense. Let's go ahead and get started with with understanding Missouri, right? Eli Drinkwitz, you know, I, I feel like Missouri's in a situation, right? I think this is going to be, what, Eli's third year as head coach? Um, you know, so, what are, so I guess overall, before we take a dive into this season, so far, how are Missouri fans feeling about Eli and, and where the program is headed under his uh, tutelage? Yeah, so I think uh, for Mizzou fans, our time in the SEC is basically since it was sort of the Gary Pinkle years and then the post-Pinkle years. And the Gary Pinkle, remember, were pretty successful for Missouri. Um, and since then, we have just sort of hovered around, around that five, six type of years, uh, not really having a ton of success. Um, sort of the years that a lot of people when Missouri came in, they expected four and eight years and uh, we've been been hovering around six and six and when and off of the heels of Barry Odom as our head coach which was not a really successful run uh, so it was that weird COVID year where everybody took all, all the results with a grain of salt and last year was sort of a very middling team the defense was absolutely terrible I think people that, that is keeping people's excitement level up with Drinkwitz is he's been a good came out of the gate and he's been recruiting strong classes, strong, far stronger than Barry and um, really on par with some of Gary Pinkle's best recruiting years. But this year we're finally seeing some of those guys that he's brought into the fold, what they will or may. And so it's a kind of a, I'm not going to say it's a make or break year for, 
for Eli Drinkwitz, but it's been a leap and now is where the sort of the rubber meets the road and the big, big obviously don't have a number one quarterback. We've got four guys who are competing for that position. And so whenever he is saying what's going to happen with Missouri this year, you know, it's very easy for them to belt because if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team, you know. And so anyway, there are a lot of talented players coming in this year, but they're all untested so if you know if georgia comes in with a lot of untested people say hey this looks promising about untested talent there's they're like well we don't have anybody we know anybody we've seen some results and then we'll talk so i think the fans are looking at it that way too look at the way this the schedule lines up and you know missouri fans also could be a lot better better than the SEC media did during SEC media days. But I don't think anybody would be six in the sixth year. Uh, but I think there are a lot of Mizzou fans that we, you know, wait one eight games. Yeah, that's, we're headed on the right track, you know. And I, so you know, even if it's a bad year, drink with But it will do a, whatever happens in 2022 will go a long way to the next season where he's got some of those guys they were coming in um, highly touted big stars. Um, if, if, if the train did get on the track soon, you know, things lie. You know, so we have our, um, we have a, so obviously the brigade's starting to uh, trickle in some questions uh, for you, Brendan. So the first question is from Roots. Um, you know, current Missouri, currently, or I guess you could say the current Missouri coaches approach to the program expectations from the Missouri fan base based on the results so far. I felt like we slightly touched that a little bit, right? Like, yeah, I feel like Missouri's kind of a hard place to win at, right? So it's going to take that right kind of coach uh, and really the, you know, the staff as a whole uh, to get them, you know, to where you remember if like the first or second year, I think it was the second year y'all were in the SEC, you know, you, you, you know, you snuck around and won the SEC East. You know, so like getting back to that, right? Like, you know, I feel like, you know, taking on the recruiting trail, right? Last year, um, you know, getting Luther Burden, right? I think if anybody doesn't know much about Missouri football, I guarantee you, if you're a Georgia fan and you don't know much, I guarantee you remember that name, right? So with, you know, getting Burden and and, and the recruiting classes that that uh, Eli's brought in, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, I guess I'll ask this: is what is it? What is the feelings like there, right? Do you, are, you know, our fans or yourself, uh, are they, you know, above average, like, you know, in, in regards to, uh, you know, positivity or are they more negative? I guess from a recruiting standpoint, uh, how, how are feelings there? So um, uh, up until this current season where Missouri 23 has been a little bit slower, we just picked up a big wide receiver recruit um, out of Kansas City, Joshua Manning, which sort of has boosted enthusiasm a little bit for the upcoming season. But as you mentioned, look for Eli Drinkwitz. He's a, he is a, he's going to be a talent. And he's going to, even though as an incoming freshman, we're going to see, he's, you know, you could just see in the spring game the kind of seed and the strength that there's not going to be a transition into college ball for him in a way. And the great thing about having a star wide receiver is it makes all the other wide receivers look 
from the defense. The big question mark is who's going to get him the ball. And then a name you guys, Mayor Horn, quarterback recruit, is uh, is coming in this year. He's a freshman. I don't know how much freshman, but I think one of the reasons, he's a four-star recruit out of Georgia, actually. And I think what was able to get him was that there's a big question mark whether he would even play football or not because he was a top pro. He's a great pitcher. He's ended up, up uh, he didn't get drafted high. He's on campus. You know, uh, Monday camp starts. And so, so um, I, um, two guys on, two, two quarterbacks who they've been around, you know, they're sort of known commodities, but, but not stars. We've got a guy named Jack Abraham coming out of, he was at I think he's uh, 46 years old. Old. He's played on like seven different programs, but he's got experience. Horn, who I think has the highest upside, but when he's going to be, at, you know, when he's actually going to be ready to come, nobody knows just yet. So, you know, who's going to get Luther Burton the ball is the big question mark because of those big names that are coming in at a level that, you know, it, the weird thing with DC is that you look at it's like, oh, we got the number 35 recruiting class in the country. But you're DC, you know what I mean? It's like, like, how does that happen? How, how, how can you have, you know, a hundred programs, but the SEC's recruiting is so strong that you're still near the bottom, you, you know, know? And so, looking at that though, Brendan, yeah. I, I really want to go on your point. Or, well, go ahead, Juan. Juan, go ahead. I'm going to say that, um, you know, you do have a great quarterback coming in uh, from Georgia. So he played, I mean, so we know very much about him. And, you know, he was also throwing passes to Travis Hunter, name that's doing a lot of great things at Jackson State. So when you're talking about, about a guy who's going to be poised uh, to your top receiver, he, he's going to be that guy. So it'll be interesting to see how well he does, does it up the playbook. Um, and again, and like you said, he's got uh, baseball too. So he's got a twofold on what he wanted to do. Hopefully he's going to have a huge, huge focus when it actually comes to in there and make an impact right away. You know, to, to your point, Brendan, as well, I think, you know, what, what people need to understand is this, and this is outside of the SEC, right? You, you mentioned like in the 30s or, you know, right outside, you know, top 25 and things like that. People outside of the SEC do not understand that a top 25 class, if you like if you're 25th, like just hypothetically speaking, you're almost dead last in the SEC. Like this past season alone, tw- like in the top 25, I'm going to say 13 schools or 12 or 13 schools. Yeah, it was, it was 12. It was 12. Excuse me. 12 schools finished inside the top 24 for that matter, with the 12th one being 24th overall. I don't think people understand just how hard it is to recruit in the SEC. And, and really, if you're trying to get to that level where you, you know, you play the, you know, the West in, in Atlanta, you have to finish top five. Like that's the level where we are as, as a conference, right? Top 35 nationally is still not bad, but when it comes to your conference, you're almost dead last. And that just makes it extremely difficult just based off of, you know, the conference situation. So, you know, listen, like 30, like 35th for Missouri is actually pretty not like, it's pretty good in my opinion. Right. There's some good players that y'all picked up. It's just when you when you fall in the so, SEC, it, it, it's difficult to overcome that. 
Well, and I yeah. think when you're talking about like, so where's like most top of your recruits coming out of, I mean, where are you getting most of your, I mean, is, is it getting a lot of South talent, Texas, Georgia, Florida, you getting some from the, from where are you guys getting most of your players? Yeah, that's a good question. So Drinkwitz has been uh, doing a really good talent. The thing about Missouri, people don't necessarily think of Missouri is a recruiting hotbed, but we do have St. Louis and Kansas City. The problem with that is that they get picked off by other schools. I mean, for years, actually good at football. They sucked up everybody out of the Kansas City area. And um, Louis, they kind of go, Ohio State would pick them off. Um, Alabama would pick them off. A really good job of keeping in-state guys in-house. Missouri has always had a Texas pipeline. Uh, getting guys out of Texas. Chase Daniel, one of our you know best quarterbacks we ever had, was a Texas guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, even through Barry Odom and now Eli Drinkwitz, we still get tech. There's just so many players in tech. It was a real transition for Missouri because a lot of times, you know, we weren't recruiting the deep south or from the deep south. They'd come up, you know, try recruiting guys in January in Missouri. You know, it'd be it's tough. You know, it's cold, <laughs> and um, but. The transition, I think, I mean, is in no small part to the SEC network, even if Missouri's not highly regarded with a lot of SEC fans now, or they know about them because they're on, you know, they're on the SEC network. And I think the Drinkwitz has been real strategic about this, that on the cusp of being real star talents, maybe they're not in high school like some five-star recruits are, but they like to see that SEC logo on the side of the game you can play against you know floridas and georgias and then and, you know the just having that sec patch on the uniform has been beneficial and i think the real difference between a team and maybe a 25 or 35 team it really comes down to how many five-star recruit the, those top five programs are just loaded with five-star talent guys that are going to make impacts right away especially during the, the pinkle years they would develop talent and what it meant was you're going to have down years you're going to be talented but really raw and they got passed over by the bigger programs because they get so so many talented for guys to develop they will let a guy develop and they'll see a guy as a junior year really come that with a defender named martez manuel this year he's a listed as safety but he plays at linebacker also blitzes so i mean whether you're talking about pass rush whether you're talking about uh runs or whether you're talking Talking about secondary, Manuel is going to be there, and he maybe. I think we may have some technical issues. Brandon, you're, you're back. Yeah. Seems looks like. Yep, I can hear you, buddy. Sorry about that. We might have some technical difficulties there uh, with connection. So pardon us for that. Um, you know, listen. I, I think. Excuse me. You know, looking at like Luther Burden, right, as an example. And, you know, you talk about the recruiting, the, the Missouri area, Kansas City area, like that right there. You know, keeping him at home was a phenomenal get for Missouri, right? Like, I, I'm just interested to see how he, you know, how he transitions in as a freshman this year, you know, like things like that. So what I want to do now uh, is kind of transition into the schedule, right? Let's break. Oh, well, so what we'll do is we'll do, so I'll pull up the graphic here. 
Um, so we'll go the first, we'll go the left side and then we'll go right side here. Um, so we'll start with the first six, you know, first six games you open up. Uh, it seems like you open up at Middle Tennessee State uh, and then you go to Kansas State as well. Uh, and then Abilene Christian comes to town. Uh, and then you look at a gauntlet uh, after those three games. Uh, you go to Auburn, you, you know, Auburn or sorry, Georgia goes to Como and then you go to the swamp uh, in, in a three week span. That is imp like very daunting, right? For about anybody. Mm -hmm. um, so looking at this part right here, right? I think from a broad standpoint, I can see, I can see Missouri going two and four. Um, and honestly, it wouldn't even be that bad, right? Maybe even three and three, uh, you know, because let's just be honest, fuck Auburn for what they stand for. Uh, I do not like Auburn. Um, so, you know, I, I realistically, I'm thinking two and four here, uh, because, you know, going to Jordan hair, Jordan hair, whatever they call it. Um, you know, that is a difficult place to play. Um, you know, but looking at this first half of the, uh, on the schedule here, Brendan, wh what do you see? What are your expectations for this uh, first half of the season? Uh, Juan as well. Um, you know, let's let's break it down. No, I think you're exactly right. I think from a Missouri standpoint, it is a front-loaded schedule for us. Um, you know, the, the second game of the year, Kansas State, that's an interesting matchup for Missouri because – you know, it's an old Big 12 rival, and Missouri owned Kansas State back in the day. I mean, uh, Kansas State, everybody, I mean, everybody looks at Missouri and thinks that they're a bottom feeder. But then you go back and you go, go on Winsipedia and you look at some of the records, and not nearly as bad as people seem to think that they have been. Missouri dominated Kansas State. I think we had 60 wins to like 33 wins over Kansas State. And Kansas, don't get me wrong, Kansas State is returning a lot of talent. It will be a tough road game. But I have a lot of confidence that Missouri can pull off a win there. And if they do, I think that'll go a long way towards building some confidence, like you said, going into a really tough gauntlet of early SEC games. I think for surely there's not even – no Missouri fan realistically expects any chance of a win at Georgia. And like you said, Auburn's a tough place to play at. But Auburn's been in a state of disarray. I mean, they were trying to run Brian Harson out of town last year for basically no reason, it seemed like to me. And so – and Missouri has always done best when they have absolutely no expectations and people overlook. People do overlook Missouri a lot of times because they, they're not Vanderbilt. Um, they, they, they had a ton of success of late, but we do get high caliber talent in here and we'll sneak up and bite somebody. And, and that happens all across the SEC. Teams win that aren't expected to win. And so I, you know, I don't think Missouri's going to win that game, but if they were going to have an upset this year, I think that's one to look at. Um, the Florida game, I expect Missouri to lose that as well, like I say. But, again, if you look back at Missouri's record against Florida, you see that Missouri's not afraid to go to the swamp. I mean, we've had some big wins against Florida. I, mean, I, I don't know. I think we have a winning record against Florida in the 10 years we've been in the conference now. It was, it was you know? five and five. Okay, yeah. So, going into last year, we had a winning record. But, you know, if you'd ask the Florida Gators, they ought to be nine and one. You know what I mean? And we actually just had them on. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and we're not going to talk much about Florida. Obviously, we're going to focus on Missouri. You know, but listen, they're going through a first year head coach, and and you know that's a that's a difficult transition. Uh, so I'm sorry to cut you off, Brendan, on that, but I'll let you uh, continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say we see them going three and 
three. Um, I, I'll give them that Auburn game. Uh, just like Rude, Auburn is in shambles right now. They, the only thing they have is Tanks Bigsby, and that that's it. Have an established quarterback. They're going, you know, have a, a quarterback married around there. And uh, like I said, their only hope is going to be some, is is going to be their defense. So I think uh, Missouri can actually go and win. Yeah, so I mean, so Juan, with with your prediction, we'll, as we pull the schedule back up for just a second, first half of these games, Juan, what is your what is your realistic take here for Missouri football? When in the first game, actually, you know what? But that second game, uh, Kansas State think that uh, they'll be able to 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 win. Um, you know, obviously win that third game and then again all so in a, in a perfect world they'll be from i think at least i would give them three and three yeah and Brendan, so with you right here from your standpoint what's your realistic uh expectations for that first half no i think um you know i think uh one everybody be happy with that at missouri because we know what we're going to have to, who we have to play every year in the SEC. And if we could come out of that three and three, there's a lot of games that we could pick off on the back half of that schedule to get us bowl eligible. And I think that's really um, Missouri's goal this year is to get to bowl eligibility and look good in a, uh, in a late, you know, in a bowl game. So to do that, you almost have to get to three and three in the early half of the season. So I think we'd all be pleased with that. Especially with the young talent we have, that's untested. Yeah, no doubt. So what we'll do here, we'll pull it back up and we'll go over to the second half, right? So I'm at I'm at two and four. Uh, Juan, you said you were, I think, at three and three. Three and three, yeah. And then Brendan, I think you're mentioning three and three as well. Optimistically. Optimistically, fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So on this back half here, you you go. Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and that's a home game. Yeah. Right? And then you go to Willie B. You go to play South Carolina, you know, at Williams Bryce. Uh, and then you then you host Kentucky, go to Tennessee, and then you have I think that's the Aggies, uh, not Texas A&M. Uh, and then Mexico you go State. I think it's New Mexico State. Yes, exactly. Yeah. New Mexico State. New Mexico State. Uh, and then you host Arkansas to end the season. My thoughts on this. You know, looking at that, the last four games, you have a winnable game in between a true gauntlet of teams. Um, and not saying in a bad way, uh, but listen, Kentucky's a physical team. Tennessee's a high-powered, potent offense. They're going to be a dangerous, if you know what I mean. You know, and then you look at Arkansas, which is just going to be a super physical team as well. You know, that back half is rough. It really is rough. You know, so. When it comes down to that, you know, I think for me, I think it's a matter of trying to stay healthy and just trying to pull off an upset, perhaps. Right. Uh, You know, when you pull it up, I think Vanderbilt. Listen, I don't see Vanderbilt winning a game, unfortunately, like in the SEC. Like, I I just don't see it. Right. You know, so then, you know, obviously, South Carolina, that's going to be an interesting game with with us, with, you know, Shane Beamer in his second year and. You know, and then Kentucky, like I said, so this back half for me, I've, I've got, excuse me, I've got another two and four here. Um, 
and I think it's more realistically a harsher two and four. Um, because, you know, while you expect Georgia and Florida to have, you know, to be what it is, like Tennessee and Kentucky followed by Tennessee, it's, it's a real tough one because, you know, you're taking a, a super power, you know, super physical team, you know, that can beat you down, right, if you're not careful. And then you have to go play one of the fastest teams in the country, right, from an offensive standpoint. So I've, I've got two and four in this back half, um, you know, finishing four and eight realistically. Uh, you know, Brendan, I'll let you go here first. Uh, explain to us what's going on in this back half of the season for you, where you stand with that. Sure. And then, so th- this back half of the season, I think this is where Missouri fans and the national media really start to differ. Um, South Carolina and Kentucky uh, games in particular, because I understand the hype around Shane Beamer and they got their quarterback transfer from Oklahoma and there's a lot of optimism, but I mean, I'm looking at the South Carolina team and, you know, I think that they're on the right track, but they haven't proven anything yet either. I mean, you know, that the people are hyping them, you know, especially in regards to where they are versus Missouri, but in reality, they haven't done anything more than Missouri has yet. So I think if there is a game to pick off, that is one where I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Missouri and South Carolina, they've kind of butted heads a lot, and Missouri's come out ahead a lot. And then when it comes to the Kentucky game, I have all the respect in the world for what Mark Stoops has done and the teams he's put together. Um, but, you know, even the years that they've been at their best, Missouri's given, you know, we lost last year on, and it was a close game, and we should have really won it. And I don't know. I I understand when people are saying, "Well, I'm looking at Missouri schedule, how they're going to go four and eight. I get it, I do. But I also think that um, a big. I, I think that if all goes well, and there's no guarantee that it will, Missouri is going to surprise a couple of teams. And if all you have to do is is surprise two teams, and you're going to come out, you know, with six wins and some bowl eligibility. Um, Tennessee, you know, we got absolutely embarrassed by Tennessee last year. That was a horrible game. And a big part of that is that we had a disastrous uh, defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. Um, And I think Steve Wilkes is a good coach and good coordinator, but he's an NFL guy and he had a lot of trouble adapting to the college game. And by the eighth, ninth game of the season, the defense started to turn around, but we had an absolutely horrible uh, defense last year. And the worst part of it was our run defense. And you don't want to be a bad run defensive team against a Kentucky. And so uh, we, you know, we got uh, Blake Baker as our new defensive coordinator. Now this is Eli Drinkwitz's third defensive coordinator in three years, which isn't a good look, but this guy, um, everybody says he's an up and comer. He's been at the college level for a long time. I fully expect Missouri's defense to be a lot better this year. We're returning, I think close to 80% of our, our team, on the defensive side of the ball. So um, I get it. I get the four and eight talk, but, um, but I just think there's, there's going to be a few surprises. And for Missouri, you know, when it's July, they're always four and eight. When you talk to the media, you know, Missouri's four and eight every year, including the years we win the SEC East, you know what I mean? Like, so I forgive me if I take it predictions with a grain of salt in, in July, because it's, I don't think we've been four and eight ever since we've been in the SEC, but we've been predicted yeah. to be four and eight every year. <laughs> That's why it's talking season, right? Right, right. It's exactly why it's talking season. And listen, so one, Juan, I'll let you go ahead and actually, uh, before, before I jump, move on, you know, what are your thoughts on that back half? Uh, on that back half, I mean, realistically, I, I would say two and, uh, um, but 
again, if they're going to be bowl eligible, I, I see that South Carolina game that they're going to, you know, surprise them and come out and be playing on all cylinders and that's eligible for that. Kentucky is, is tough, you know, with, uh, you know, with, um, you know, Jefferson, uh, at, at, um, and, and so those are just going to be some tough games, Tennessee, that, that's going to be tough. So it'll be. All right, so, I mean, from a scheduling standpoint, though, like, I'm looking at it in this way. Missouri has a tough-ass schedule, and it's spread out. It's completely spread out. So, sounds like we got some audio back feedback, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I just muted my, I think it's me. Oh, it's okay. Okay, well, we figured it out. What did you say? I said, well, we figured it out. <laughs> but no, so apparently we're about to get one. Oh, boy. Is, it, is this a stunner? Or is, is Rouge referring to a stunner here? <laughs> Just say it. But no, but no, in all seriousness, though, right? Like, Missouri's schedule is spread throughout with, with, tip, with difficult teams and stretches of difficult teams, right? It's not like you have a murderer's row, right? Like, it would be different if you had Auburn, Georgia, Florida, and then, right, Tennessee, Kentucky, and five back. That's rough. That's rough. You know, so you have a couple games to kind of, like, regroup, but then you're – you know what I mean? It's one of those things where you're regrouping and then just going through a gauntlet again. It's – I'm not saying that Missouri can't do things because, let's be honest, like I said, five and five against Florida the past ten years, like, that speaks volumes to me, right? Because you genuinely don't know how to pick it. You just don't. Uh, yes, sir. Apparently, our audio feedback was uh, Juan was actually feeding the dog Doritos. <laughs> we we have theories, explanations, and answers from the brigade today, boys and girls. Like, that's all I can say. Um, but, you know, moving forward, though, right? I, I think when – obviously, I think Georgia – is way superiorly superiorly overmatched here. Uh, or, I mean, overmatched, or Missouri is overmatched uh, from a talent standpoint. But if what would it take Missouri to feel as if they had kind of, you know, what could be something you could take away against, right, since this is a Georgia podcast? When you play Georgia, what is something that you could expect to see, like, that would make, you know, you and Missouri fans feel okay with the outcome of the game? Is it, you know, I think I might know some things, but I just want to hear your thoughts on that. He's muted. Yeah, it sounds like Brendan is muted. He might. While we figure out this right here, what are your thoughts on, what what, what do you think could be a good takeaway? Um, for Missouri fans uh, playing Georgia, you just you just hope that you you know come out of that game injury free, uh, and and that that's going to be a beatdown. It's going to be an absolute beatdown. Um, but but it's also unity, and it's it's great because it's an early game. You know, game that's earlier in the year. If they from the physicality and the talent that Georgia 
Georgia has, and then just take that into those games, South Carolina, uh, Kentucky, then that's something that they can actually, you know. I just don't know. I really don't. The, you know, I think you mentioned it, Juan, being injury or trying to come out as right as less banged up as possible, right? The least is going to be key there, right? I, you know, I, th- I think if I think what you can look at is to see how how you move the ball offensively. I, I think if if you're able to find any kind of success, you know, against our defense, I would expect that to be something you could take away from. Um, you know, can and from a Georgia perspective, I feel like our offense is going to be very explosive this year. Can you limit Georgia offensively to some degree? What degree can you limit Georgia's offense? If you can do that, that's a big takeaway moving forward for, for Missouri. If you if you have any somewhat level of success doing that, I genuinely believe there's some things to take away from that. I really do. Brendan, are are you there? Let's see if let's see if Brendan is back. Welcome to technology, folks in the twenty first century. Um, still seems to be muted. Welcome to technology, as as always. Um, listen. So we'll let we'll let Brendan try to figure this thing out here. I cannot hear you. Um, so maybe we might have to bring you back on and see what happens. Just a second. Um, with that being said, though, one, if you had to, we'll do a, a, a ranking, right, if you will, right? Where do you think they finish in the East? Where, I mean, in regards to in the, you know, in that, if you will, what standing, where, where do you see them fitting in? Oh, they'll, they'll be six with Vanderbilt being, being seven. I mean, I mean they're not going to be, they're not going to be better than Florida. They're not going to be better than Tennessee. Tennessee, not Georgia. Um, you know, so uh, and and South Carolina. Perfect situation. They would just want to make sure that they finish above Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt no doubt, it's going to be a battle for last place. Yeah. So apparently, um, you know, we have explanations from the brigade here. Uh, so first off, want to apologize for the technical issues. Um, it has to be third and Ringo Wi-Fi. Um, it just has to be, uh, or you know, it has to be that Georgia Wi-Fi, just Stonewall, right? Just a Stonewall. <laughs> um, we, we're going to shout out KTG here as well. We're going to request that all guests get KTG's Wi-Fi. Apparently, it is elite, right? It is elite. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah. You know, so we're going to see if uh, if Brendan can make it back on. Um, listen, it, it, while we wait, right, that might be our wrap for Missouri. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Oh, my God. One, Joel one said she sent $10. She sent $10 for better internet. <laughs> All right. So if, if she's the accountant, she's supposed to be paying the bills, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you pay the... I don't think I don't think she did because I'm I'm still over here trying to figure this out. But in the meantime, in the meantime, 
so let's so let's do this right obviously listen um definitely if we're not able to get brendan back on listen if you're listen, if you're interested in listening or if you're a missouri fan and you've never heard of the mazodcast give them a shout out um listen great great podcast to listen to i i've actually listened to a couple episodes i enjoy it even if i'm a georgia fan i try to do that i enjoy it uh so go follow them on twitter uh it's at mazodcast uh, M-I-Z-Z-O-D-C-A-S-T, Mazodcast. Um, like I said, I enjoy the content, just saying. Um, so apparently Joel did pay the Wi-Fi bill. So um, there may be a service out, service outage. Uh, therefore, uh, call them. All right. Um, yes, call, call Great Value. Call Great Value <laughs> and tell them to fix the Wi-Fi. Now, customer service, yeah. sub, sub, subpar. Um, apparently we demand Dorito free podcast. Tell Sparky to calm down. Tell Sparky to calm down over there. <laughs> so listen, while, while we're sitting here, obviously we've talked about Missouri. Let's kind of transition a little bit here, Juan, to maybe a, a impromptu Q&A, if you will. Uh, Brigade, feel free to drop questions, whatever, random comments, whatever the case may be. Drop them in the comments and, and we will answer your questions. Um, in the meantime, I'll start with a topic here and it's a big recruiting weekend this weekend. I'm just going to leave that there. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, so it, it's so funny. I was, um, morning we played basketball on Friday mornings and they were already talking about, uh, uh you know, KG Bolden going to Georgia this weekend. And, you know, the other thing we were discussing is, you know, lose Caleb Downs, but it's fine losing Caleb Downs if we can get KJ Bolden. KJ Bolden, anytime you see him, he's got his Georgia paraphernalia on. So go to Georgia this weekend is going to be, be be pretty big, big, and I think that they're going to pour it on. And make it in. Um, the sixty-two to three asks you, what's your forty top? Uh, uh man. If if I could get you a four eight, I'd, I'd about a four. I could run about a four seven right now. I could run about a, like a, a a five, somewhere around there. I was about to say you yeah. said four seven. I was like, hold on. Yeah, Pulse. about a four seven four seven. But my 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 middle son, who's uh, he's at he's at Georgia right. I'm sorry, sorry at Stanford right now, and he runs about a four five, and I was right behind him. So not too far behind him. So that you, you have somebody you have somebody questioning your uh, four <laughs> <said it>. hours. <laughs> Y'all really doing it today? Really, really, really doing it? <laughs> well, there you go. I don't even want to. I don't even want to. I don't even want to fathom what my forty time would be. One, I really don't. I don't want. I don't want to know. Five flats, and I'm not talking about the time. I'm talking about wings, like running to yeah. go get some wings. <laughs> I see. Um, no, but Juan, though, I guess, I guess, the, I guess the brigade was excited to get you back, man. Yeah. It's been a hot minute. Always glad, you know? glad to be here. Yeah, and listen, I, I guess now's probably a good time. Let's listen. Let's go ahead and get our Friday started. Right, let's let's wrap this thing up. 
let's see what happens this weekend at, at the cookout. Yeah. Come back Monday and recap it a little bit, maybe. What do y'all think? Yes, sir. I think that's going to be a great one. I'm not going to be able to smash the beer cans against I'll try to save that for Monday. What? <laughs> I hope somebody got that reference, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Rude, Rude actually is the, is the wanted me to do it. And then do the hashtag Stone Cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, boy. But with that being said, hey, rem- just a reminder, folks, go check out Alumni Hall. Ten minutes from campus, get you get you something black for um, the Blackout the Bins campaign, right, from our friends over at the Spike Squad. See? As you can see here, check it out. Get you something black from – get you something black to wear, right, September 3rd. From Alumni Hall. It's, it's, that, it's that simple. Uh, AlumniHall.com. Go give them a check out. And let, hey, let them, know, let them know we sent you, by the way. Um, Juan, any parting words before we wrap this thing up? I just got to get a, you know, just got to get more mature and not be able to laugh. You know, I, I want just once, just one time. You do a great, great job, Robert. Me, on the other hand, you know, it's better. <laughs> I have secrets that tips of the trade, but I'm not going to break them out for anybody, just anybody. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and no other problem. than that, too, just looking for a great weekend. You know, the Georgia, the Georgia recruiting thing. So, um, some big to be happening for us. I, I mean, people believe in you, Juan. I'm just like, do it for the people. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Patrick is being facetious. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right, guys. With that being said, we're going to wrap this thing up. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you back Monday. Go, dogs. Go, dogs. <laughs>